Hi everyone, and welcome to That Cartoon Podcast. My name is Kyle. And I'm Tej. Sugar, spice, and everything nice. These were the ingredients chosen to create the perfect child superhero show. But animator Craig McCracken accidentally added an extra ingredient to the concoction. Chemical X. Thus, the Powerpuff Girls were born. Using their ultra-likable personalities, Blossom, Bubbles, and Buttercup have dedicated their lives to entertaining millions and fighting the forces of evil. As always... Before we talk about the episodes we watch, let's dive into some background for the show. And to be clear, we are only discussing the original run of the show and not the recent reboot that is out in the ether now. I, I think there's also an anime adaptation. We're also not talking about that. We are only talking about the original run here. OGs only. <laughs> uh, so the series was made originally by Hanna-Barbera, and follows Bubbles, Buttercup, and Blossom, three superhero children who were created in an experiment gone awry by their loving father, Professor Utonium. Each episode is mostly a contained story, with very little story continuation throughout the series. It's a fun show that tells quick, satirical superhero stories while empowering little girls everywhere, and typically teaching a nice little lesson. The show takes place in Townsville, which is a major metropolitan city that is constantly destroyed by all the rogues gallery of the Powerpuff Girls, and then rebuilt by the next episode. Mm -hmm. Powerpuff Girls had three specials and a feature film made during its tenure, in addition to its phenomenal series run. I remember that movie. It was good. I watched it as a kid. It was like... For, for uh, like, these Cartoon Network made-for-TV movies. Mm-hmm. It was solid. Uh, I loved uh, all those uh, events that they had. It would just be, like, a Thursday or a Friday night. It just, like, the, they would build up to it for, like, a month or two. That Some of them are really hard to find now. I'm sure. I'm sure some have been The Dector's Laboratory movie. It's, like, you. It, it, it's not released officially anywhere, apparently. Only on VHS. Really, that's the the one with the like different versions of Dexter throughout time. Oh, yeah, great. yeah. Uh, so, Powerpuff Girls started its life as a short film titled Whoop Ass Girls, that made its way around the film festival circuit before McCracken reworked it for a younger audience, as seems to often happen with a lot of these shows. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the key changes uh, being the name change of the show and the name change for Chemical X. So, here's the fun fact of the episode. Originally, Chemical X was just called A Can of Whoop-Ass, which I actually kind of love. Um, but I understand why they needed to change it. Yeah, I feel like they might have been able to get away with it back then. But this was like that nebulous time where it was like... Some things were getting passed, some things weren't. Yeah, yeah. I, it's like, it's okay to allude to an ass by, like, having a donkey show up, but it's not okay to say the word. So McCracken left the series in the hands of Chris Savino in 2001 following the closing of Hanna-Barbera Studios. 
After his departure, he began work on his next series, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. This series has 78 episodes over the course of six seasons. Uh, it began airing November 18th, 1998, and its last airing day was March 25th, 2005. So, you know, a nice hefty seven years for its six-season run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I didn't as, know it was on that long. Yeah, I, I didn't really either. I figured it... Honestly, when I was looking through the um, the catalog of the episodes, I thought it was only like a three-season show or something, but I was like, oh, no, there's, there's many more. We might not have watched all of it. That might be why. It's also like when you're young, you don't really think of it as seasons. It's just like the show that's on at that time, and it's just like I watched it. <laughs> well, I think the movie came out in like, 2001 or 2002 i and that's probably the last time i actually like watched anything powerpuff girls related before we watched anything for this episode which is crazy but yeah it is crazy um i forgot just how good of a satire this show is of superhero styled stories yeah don't get me wrong it's it's definitely a show made for like little girls but it's it's not like, it's not like you know My Little Pony or anything like that. Where you're just like, you're weird if you were a child, if you were a boy, and you were watching this. Like, it's still a fun show. Absolutely. Um, so the creator for the show, as previously mentioned, was Craig McCracken. Other credits include Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, Wander Over Yonder, and Kid Cosmic on Netflix. Um, this show originally premiered on Cartoon Network, um, and the voice actors, we have a pretty, pretty heavy list for this show, honestly. So, we're starting off here, Bubbles, Tara Strong, who, you know, if you don't know that name, let me educate you a little bit. She is an absolute <laughs> legend. Um, she has voiced for so many shows and movies. She is a force of nature in the voice acting world. She's Timmy Turner from Fairly Odd Parents, Harley Quinn, Raven from Teen Titans. She was Miss Minutes in the Disney Plus Loki show, and just so so many more. Just go look her up. She if if you watched a cartoon, she's probably in it. Yeah, absolutely. We would be here all day if I were to sit here and list her credits. Um, next up, we got Blossom, voiced by Kathy Cavadini. Um, another prolific voice actor who played Tanya Maskowitz in American Tale, Five Goes West, as well as the accompanying TV show. Uh, she voiced characters in Ben 10, Kid Cosmic, and Disney Pixar's Soul. Um, Buttercup. Voiced by Elizabeth Daly, another fairly well-known name. Um, known for her voice work as Tommy Pickles on Rugrats. Uh, and she had many, many screen roles in the 80s, including one of my favorite films of the era, Better Off Dead, where she is the singer at the prom at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and next up, oh mm-hmm. boy. Narr- narrator slash mayor, both voiced by the incomparable Tom Kenny, who was just doing everything. He has done countless voices, but most people just know him as SpongeBob SquarePants. 
Um, I'm certain this isn't the first and most likely won't be the last time he comes up in one of these shows that we are watching. I like Tom Kenny. Oh, yeah. Tom he Kenny is just... He's so good. He, he he can do just about any voice. I feel like they're all like usually a bit different, too. Like... Some people you're like, yeah, that's that's so and so, that's so and so. Like when you hear it, like Phil Lamar, I love Phil Lamar. He sounds like Phil Lamar in most of the shows that he does. Tom Kenny, he's he, he'll be like eight different characters, and you find out like ten years later, it was like, oh, that was also Tom Kenny that did that. That was me um, when I was doing the research for this episode because I could hear Tom Kenny in the mare, but the narrator took me by surprise. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think he did a lot uh, of the the in, like when in SpongeBob he did a he did like that same voice, um, during the I want to say the Krabby Patty like training video, but I might yeah be yeah yeah yeah. I mean, I, I could see uh, they had a bunch of instructional videos. I think throughout SpongeBob's tenure, yeah. Um. Yeah, and the narrator is actually like a super important character. There are episodes where the narrator really breaks that fourth wall. Um, every so episode, professor, even every episode too. Yeah, I mean that's why I felt I had to include the narrator. Mayor, I could have gone without, but narrator had to be there. Yeah. Um, and then of course Professor Utonium, played by Tom Kane. Uh, we mentioned him before in our Wild Thornberries episode. Uh, another. Yet another prolific voice actor. Um, he, he worked as Mr. Harriman on Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, as well as, we've mentioned before, Yoda in The Clone Wars, and Monkey Fist in Kim Possible. I don't remember that character. You don't remember that character? Not at all. I barely remembered him. I, I had yeah. to look up an image, so I guess I didn't remember him. But <laughs> once I saw an image, I remembered. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I don't think I remember anything from Kim Possible from like the three episodes I think I watched. Oh, so I watched a lot of Kim Possible. I enjoyed it as a show. I'm not saying it was bad. I just it was just not me. I think it was on Disney, and I didn't watch a lot of the Disney cartoons of that era. Yeah, it was definitely a, a Disney show. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me, you know? Um. <laughs> what is Yimto? Well, first of all, it stands for You Must Be Thinking of Another Podcast. And second of all, it's those unhinged conversations you have with your best friend. We talk about whether it's okay to not wash your legs in the shower. We wonder what variety of apples would make the best names for racehorses. We talk about our real-life problems. And we argue about basically everything else. So come to Yimto if you crave movie reviews, hot opinions on society's problems, or just the company of friends. We'll see you there every Monday. So yeah, let, let's jump in, jump into the episodes that we watched for this one. Um, our first one is Him Diddle Riddle. Deej, take her away. Cool, cool. So um, I was originally going to pick a different episode, but this one is actually uh, an episode that I remember fondly because it's very fun and stupid. Uh, it's a season four episode, episode four of season four. Uh, originally aired on June 21st of 2002, and it was written by Dave Smith and Chris Savino. Um, this, end of, this episode centers around perhaps the second most well-known Powerpuff villain, him. Um, the first, obviously, being Mojo Jojo. Um, 
Him, for anyone who doesn't know, is the Powerpuff Girls version of the devil that they had to change to him, H-I-M, to get past censors. He is... It's the devil plus Prince. Yeah, yeah, that's literally, yeah, that's that's the best way to describe him. He is a, um, a red androgynous lobster man uh, who wears, like, all past thigh high boots, right? Like they're very high boots. Um, they are. <laughs> and is he wearing? He's not wearing fishnets, too, is it? Is he? Or am I? Am I just misremembering him? Uh, I don't think so. But he definitely has like a frock, um, like a yeah. medieval frock that he has that he rocks. And and mo- like lobster hands for some reason, and he's wearing like a. I think the frock, I don't know, I think you're calling it a frock. I always thought it was like a Santa costume. Like Mrs. Claus would wear. Oh, yeah, I could see see it interpreted that way, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't wear pants. Um, He's got like a little little devil goatee and all that stuff. But um, he is the, I think he's considered the most like, dangerous villain in the powerpuff girls universe but he gets overshadowed by mojo jojo because he's just more of a well-known character um this episode it begins in media res with the girls trying to solve a riddle before time runs out um once they finally solve it him just appears in a clock tower um to congratulate them and he explains to them that they still have to solve eight more riddles um, and if they don't solve them in the allotted time, the professor's going to pay. Um, so now we know the stakes. Now we know why they're here. Um, the riddles, they progress to be uh, harder and harder. They start from, like, just random logic puzzles and riddles to the SATs. Um, I don't know if anyone listening to this remembers the SATs, but, man, torture. Um they are they are certainly put through I love the SAT segment. The SAT segment is so dumb because they're all on the same side and yet Blossom won't let Buttercup cheat off of her. That part is stupid. That I'm just like you guys are all trying to get like a collective score here, guys. Yeah, yeah. Blossom being the busybody she is is that kid who wouldn't let you cheat off of them in class. Um Surprisingly, Bubbles, who drew a flower, gets, uh, what, I think 1,049 score, which is not, everyone else got like a 10 or a 20 or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, as they, as they keep passing these, or, uh, solving his riddles, him is just getting more and more frustrated, um, but still comical. Like, at one point, they solve a riddle where we, it, it happens off camera during a commercial break. And the girls look exhausted. Him's just licking what looks like a chocolate ice cream cone. He's like, I can't believe you did this. Wow. (laughs) You even got the right flavor. Um, He gives them their final riddle. And the girls are, you know, they get some help from the mayor and they're overconfident. They arrive at a diner. Unfortunately, they're at the wrong diner. They realize it's too late. They hear a scream from the professor, just shouting no from across the street. They rush over, but they're too late. The girls have lost. 
and the professor will now have to pay the price, approximately $7.95. It seems that him and the professor have made a bet. If the girls can solve all of him's riddles within the allotted time, uh, the professor gets a free breakfast at him's diner called Auto Time Diner, um, which is a pun of out of time. Uh, he, after losing, the professor's angry. He slams his money on the table and declares, uh, your flapjacks are good, but not that good. I'm never eating here again. Come on, girls. Let's go eat at the other restaurant. Professor storms out. Him chases after him, shouting, wait, wait, come back. I'll make my flapjacks cheaper. All in his creepy, like, reverberate him voice. Which is just hilarious. I, I don't. It's it's a uh, a twist. I don't think anyone who's first watching this was expecting because we've had other him episodes, and he is a sadistic monster, and it's just so funny. Um, and the episode basically <laughs> really just is. ends there. Um, the girls are stunned. They I think they said like they're like wh- they said what when it was all like revealed, but they don't say anything afterwards. They just stare at the camera, and even the narrator narrator is like so anyway. Uh. Yeah, and the episode just ends. Um, I don't know. I I, I love that episode. I, I love the ending so much of this one. Uh, the The girls just standing there, just stunned face, and they're just like, "What's the lesson here?" And like, pretty, that's pretty much what they're saying. And she's like, "Well, I, I guess that's it." Yeah, yeah, and, and that's how the episode ends, just with a feeling of, "Well, I guess, I guess we're done." Um. <laughs> I specifically, if I'm if I'm having to put it down, I have three reasons why I think this is a great episode. Um, one, him is just an amazing villain. Um, he's just incredibly sinister and and scary if, if you're a child. And honestly, with that with the voice he does, it's it's pretty creepy still. Yet he's also like very silly, so you don't ever want to actually be around him in real life. But at the same time, you're like, man. If that diner was real, I would want to go to that diner. I want to taste those flapjacks. Um, <laughs> I want to make a bet with him. I no, I wouldn't. I don't know if I want to make a bet with him, but it sounds like the stakes are pretty low, especially it's a cheap, it's a cheap eight dollar uh, breakfast. Yeah. Um, it's also nice to see the girls kind of solve their problems um, without just resorting to punching things or using their laser eyes, which is oftentimes how how they solve everything is just overpowering they all have to do their little like special guessing games and all that it's just a it's just a fun little romp um where apparently the stakes weren't as high as we originally thought but i think the best reason is because of just that twist is so ridiculous because you have to now after this episode you now know that the professor frequents a diner that's run by the devil who like really likes the professor as a customer so much so that he chases after him and offers to lower the price of his meal. So the professor will come back. Um, he's angry and like, he's angry because he has to pay $7 and 95 cents for flapjacks. Like, come on, man, you have an unlimited supply of chemical X. You can't afford $8 in flapjacks. Um, it just makes you wonder, like, are him and the professor, like, casual acquaintances when he's not trying to, like, destroy the world? Is the professor, like, up to his own little 
adventures and shenanigans when the girls are just out doing their thing? Like, what other villains is he just hanging around with and just, you know, shooting the shit with? Like, is he, does he go fishing with Fuzzy Lumpkins? Like, what's going on with the professor? Like, we need, we need more professor episodes. Yeah, we need Professor Utonium Chronicles or something. Just like, what what does he get up to? Because all we know is he invented the girls and sometimes he gives them advice. Yeah. That's it. That's all we know about the professor. professor, And that he goes to a diner run by the devil. Well, he used to. He used to. That's true. He's not a customer anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Now he goes to to the quote-unquote other restaurant, which... How do you go to another restaurant after you go to a great diner like that? But whatever. Yeah. The other restaurant didn't look all that fun. It just looked like a diner. <laughs> <laughs> so the restaurant that... The restaurant. The restaurant I chose. <laughs> the episode that I chose uh, was The Rowdy Rough Boys. Season 1, episode 12. One of the only full 30-minute episodes of season one. They uh, had a tendency of doing the 15-minute episode, or more so 12-minute episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it was directed by creator of Samurai Jack, uh, Gendy Tratakovsky. And also Craig McCracken, the creator of this show. Um, the episode opens on our antagonist, the aforementioned Mojo Jojo. The super smart, super evil monkey villain destroying the city in various ways and being thwarted by the Powerpuff Girls in a montage-style clip show. This leads to the dubious monkey villain calling Professor Utonium for the ingredients to create the Powerpuff Girls. Which, Professor Utonium just gives up. He's like, yeah, I got you. Don't worry. You want to create them? (laughs) You you want to create your own, like, super-powered beings? I got you. Yeah. Um, so he, he gets the ingredients, uh, you know, sugar, spice, everything nice and chemical X. Um, he decides to gather the supplies to make boy versions of the tiny superheroes instead of the girls. So he gathers snips and snails and puppy dogs tails, but he is missing the dreaded chemical X being in prison he decides he must use the prison's toilet's contents as a replacement, essentially making a prison hooch that bubbles and births the rowdy rough boys. Equal to the power puffs in almost every way, this time the girls meet their match and go blow for blow until finally they are smashed into the ground where Townsville is forced to mourn them because they don't seem to be recovering from this one. But then the town starts to cry over the hole that they got punched into. Um, And they are awoken or even resurrected by the tears of the townspeople. And uh, just as they turn to quit, the mayor's super sexy secretary, Sarah Bellum, (laughs) tells the girls that they have to try being nice and flirting with the boys, essentially. Uh, And then, so with this advice, the girls confront the boys, and they bash their eyelashes, and they run up, and they kiss the boys. The boys then disintegrate and presumably die. 
And then that's the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way Powerpuff Girls episodes end because it's always just like, and okay, and we're done. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do like this one. So something I, I noticed while watching is it seemed like they use a lot of the same animation very much over and over again. Like, because uh, it was very obvious in this one because it was three uh, three characters versus characters that look almost identical to them. Mm-hmm. So it became very obvious because all of them would do the same attack on the other versions of themselves. And so it was like three series of flips from the Powerpuff Girls and then three series of punches from the boys. So it was like, it's almost like they animated it and then just put put the the character design on top of the animation yeah which but i mean that I, that was just something i noticed because I, it kept on being like the, the exact same scene exact same scene it would do the same scene three times because there are three of them each time yeah but i i i, I think that's one to save time or like to what's the what's the word i'm looking for like to to reuse like the existing art so they don't have to like just do it all over again but like that is a thing that they used to do in like shows where like they would punch or they would hit someone and there would be like three different angles of that same attack or something even though it was all happening at once yeah definitely and the, i mean the the director of this one gendy uh tartakovsky he's like the master of of not wanting to talk during an episode yeah. of something um and there's a there's a fantastic scene. Probably the, the thing that I really like about this episode, on the rewatch, I didn't remember this going into it, but on the rewatch was, uh, there's a scene after Mojo Jojo has been defeated many, many times that he is so angry that he's just like in this dark, in the dark, and his entire body is just covered in shadow and he has these red eyes. And he's just like talking about like how he needs to get vengeance on the Powerpuff Girls. Um, and it's just, it's super cool. Like the, the shadows, it's very menacing and it's, it's a very, very cool shot. I like that he has a little, uh, little tire swing in his prison cell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he's still, he is still a monkey. He's an ape. So you, you fool. Ape. You fool. I'm sorry. You're right. He's, also, he's an also- ape. As was established, like, later down the road, he was there when the Powerpuff Girls were created, so you think you would already know the secret ingredients. Uh, yeah, you know, that's a retcon. Yeah, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I-, I think it's a funny episode still. Um, and they make a comeback, too. Yeah, they do. And you know, and obviously, it's a it's an idea that it's an idea that sticks with Powerpuff Girls because I mean they've rebooted it successfully. It seems like I don't know. I, I'm not told. I I have never watched the 2015 or 2016 version of the Powerpuff Girls, but I only hear negative things about it, so I don't know. Okay, so yeah, I mean it's not for me, and it's not something that I think I would enjoy. But like, it's I mean it's still on, it's still going. Hasn't been canceled yet, so, so someone must be watching. Hey, man, we can say that about <laughs> we can say that about a lot of things. <laughs> we can say that about yeah, a whole true. lot of things. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, did I, you 
Did you get much nostalgia from watching this? Oh yeah, yeah. I was thinking because because I like I said I was originally gonna pick the episode with Bunny Powerpuff Bunny, mm-hmm. but then I thought it was too sad. So then I was like just rethinking all of the Powerpuff Girls episodes that I remembered, and it was just even in my own mind it was like a light a nice little like jaunty trip down memory lane of like I remember this episode. This one was funny. I remember that one. That one was funny before I finally landed on uh, him diddle riddle. Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that I picked the one. I, I Because I always think of Rowdy Rough Boys, mostly the scene where the where they're all born from the toilet. Yeah. I, I love that scene. It's so gross. Like It's he, so gross. He's plastered against, like, the wall because it all floods from, like, the toilet goo. Yeah. And so there is a really funny scene because as soon as the Rowdy Rough Boys are born... They immediately want to beat the shit out of someone, and they just start beating up Mojo as soon as they're born, and then he has to be like, oh, no, no, you want to go beat up the Powerpuff Girls? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's also, like, he's now a father figure to them, and it's it's yeah, it's weird because it seems like he genu- genuinely cares about the Rowdy Rough Boys. Yeah, and then they just sort of disintegrate. Well, they, have, on. they have ten times, like the the abilities of every boy so they get affected by 10 times as many cooties oh that makes sense yeah canon canon yeah <laughs> <laughs> cooties are a dangerous thing at that age um do you, do you want to watch more of it I, I i could see watching one or two more i don't think i'm gonna watch too much more of this one no i, I think i might watch um there's that episode that like there's one episode in particular that I kind of want to watch again. It's the one with the like the zombie magician guy. I don't know if you remember that one. It's just like a super weirdly like up like creepy episode because the guy dies during his act and it's like, "Wow, this is pretty dark for the Powerpuff Girls." So, I think it's called like Abracadaver or something, if I remember. Um yeah. Oh, I I think I saw that while I was flipping through, and I was like, "Cadaver." Yeah, it's it's up. it's a weirdly dark episode, and I kind of wanna I kind of wanna watch that one. I might watch the movie if I have like literally nothing else to watch, but eh. <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm just not like I just, it's a good show. It's funny and it's witty and it's made well, but eh, I'm probably just not gonna watch any more of it. Yeah, I mean it's fun. This the the setting is really cool. It's really funny. Honestly, I was laughing out loud at it, but it's just you know, I have other things I want to be watching right now. Um, I'm watching through Primal right now. I am uh, playing every single Kingdom Hearts game at the moment, so I'm on my own little busy... horrifying adventure. That's a busy man right there. <laughs> it is. I know. I know way too much about this universe now. <laughs> um do you have anything else you want to say about this series no i think i think it was a good show um for what it was i don't know anything about the reboot but i think that the old show from the 90s still holds up well um i'm sure there's references in here that kids won't get if they're watching it now um just because it's, some of them are probably dated, but I don't know. I think I think if you were sitting there and you were watching this with 
your kid brother or sister or your children, they'd enjoy it. Um, I think Powerpuff Girls is going to end up being timeless. I think so too, and you know the creators of the show even said that like when it was ending that they thought they had done a good run, but they were out of ideas. So I, I think I think we got everything that we could out of uh, Powerpuff Girls in the original run. Yeah, until twenty sixteen, apparently. I guess. <laughs> is, it, is the do you know if the reboot is made by the same people? Uh, I'm. Not. I don't know for sure. I cannot say for certain, but all the voice actors are different, so my guess is oh. no. I, I would think I would think they would bring back the same voice actors if it was the same people making it. Okay, yeah. Well, like I said, I haven't heard good things about it, but I've also never seen it, so I don't know. And Tara Strong's still alive, so why why aren't you bringing her back, huh? Honestly, so she might just be too busy. That's true. She's kind of a big deal. She's in everything. Seriously. She's in everything, and she's like, also always at a convention. So, like, I don't know when she's working. Yeah, she, like, she is, uh, has, she has a standing role in every DC feature or TV show. Yeah. It, They're just it, like, we'll find, well, you can be whatever. Black Canary, doesn't matter. Yeah. Do you need, do you need someone to voice a character? Just get Tara Strong to do it. Even if it doesn't fit, she'll make it work. Yeah, she'll make it work. She'll make it work. This podcast is produced by Franz Zapata and Undercover Pod Network. Our hosts are Kyle Frazier and Teej Singh. Audio editing by Kyle Frazier. Research by Kyle Frazier, Teej Singh, and Franz Zapata. Story editing by Kyle Frazier, Teej Singh, and Franz Zapata. Make sure you subscribe if you like what we have going on and stay updated on new releases. We release a new episode every other Friday. You can find our podcast on most major platforms, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Audible, and if you're feeling tipsy and want to help us get some nice ice-cold chocolate milk, give some love at patreon.com slash thatcartoonpodcast. Also, we'll be sending special gadgets to our patrons, from shoutouts to exclusive stickers, swag, and even some Patreon-exclusive content. See you on the next episode of That Cartoon Podcast.